good, everybody. Welcome to the Crossover Podcast here on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. If you are new to the show, this is where we take a deep dive on the 49ers opponent for the week. Obviously, week 11, Tampa Bay Buccaneers come to town, and I am so pleased and privileged to be able to speak with Ira Kaufman of JoeBucksFan.com, the sage of Tampa Bay sports, as I have heard. Ira, thank you so much for the time. You're welcome, my man. Um, it, it's 60 degrees here uh, in Tampa Bay. There, there's panic in the streets. <laughs> we, we, we can't handle anything below 75. Uh, it's overcast. It's rainy. But you know what? Over at One Buck Place, where I visited yesterday to see uh, Todd Bowles and Baker Mayfield, um, the mood is uh, kind of uplifting, positive. The sunshine is shining at Buck headquarters because, hey, guys, they – they ended a four-game losing streak, and I think there was a chance Bowles was losing control over that team. Now, albeit they beat a very mediocre Titans team, but a win's a win, right? That's the way we look at it. Absolutely. Let's start there with Baker Mayfield. You've been covering the Bucks for a long time. How do you feel about Baker Mayfield now compared to when they initially brought him in? Well... He's got an enormous chip on his shoulder, which I think he uses that for motivation. He's bounced around. The guy was the number one pick in the draft. He had a very good season in 2020 when the Browns made the playoffs and and went into Pittsburgh and won a playoff game with Mayfield. Then they went to Arrowhead and played very competitively against the Chiefs. He was feeling very good about his career at, at that time, and then he got a shoulder injury, and he tried to play through it, and you know, he just bounced around. He's done a pretty good job of resurrecting his career, I got to say. He's thrown five interceptions in nine games. Uh, the offense has been very shaky. The one game they had a breakout was two weeks ago against Houston. And I watched C.J. Stroud. Boy, the kid's very impressive. He is. Um, and they ended up losing that game. Uh, but they scored 37 points. So Mayfield's done a pretty good job. I, I think he's a guy in my opinion, who's got a certain ceiling. He, he's never going to be elite. He's not elite. He, he's not uh, Mahomes. He, he's not going to be um, a Burrow, uh, Herbert, Justin Field. Uh, not not Justin Fields, but Hurts. Uh, 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 he, he's not going to be that. Uh, but you can win with him. You know, like that Cleveland team, they had a very robust running game in 2020. Uh, they had Chubb. They had Kareem Hunt, and uh, he needs that. You know, you don't rely on him to win a game. So he's playing well. He's got his confidence. And the one thing that surprised me the most, he's no Lamar Jackson out in the open field. But he's pretty good at evading that first pass rusher that breaks through. I, I didn't know he had that kind of a knack movement inside the pocket, which will be very important Sunday uh, in San Francisco. Well, you mentioned the running game, and Tampa has not been able to get much of a running game all year. I think they're running for just over three yards a carry. What's going on there? It's been a major problem. It has. Uh, and it was a major problem last year. Even though they won the division, they finished 8-9, and nine, blown out by Dallas in the playoff game. Uh, part of it is uh, they miss Rob Gronkowski. They missed him because... Let's face it, Gronkowski's one of the few modern-day tight ends that want to block. 
you know, most guys have just glorified the Travis Kelseys of the world, uh, you know, wide receivers. Uh, Gronkowski was a fierce blocker. He, he wanted to block. That helps a little bit. Uh, and let's let's be honest. They, they don't have Eric Dickerson in the backfield. Uh, they don't have McCaffrey in the backfield. What they do have is this kid, Rashad White. Look, he averaged three yards a carry last year. He's averaging 3.3 this year. So I'm not going to talk about him as a running back, but I think the I think the biggest focus on the 49er defense going into this game towards the Buck offense is Rashad White out of the backfield as as a receiver. He's got great hands. He catches 90% of the balls they throw to him. He scored off a screen pass 43 yards last week. He's very effective, you know, maybe a notch below McCaffrey. But but very good uh, as a receiver out of the backfield, and and I think the 49ers are very focused on that. So okay, what is the Bucks' plan of attack then against this 49ers defense? Uh, I think uh, take your shots with Mike Evans, who's on uh, pace for another thousand yard season. Uh, this is a re- you know nobody's ever done this since the beginning of their career runoff ten years like this. Um, Godwin is is a very good number two. Now the problem Godwin's only got one touchdown catch, and a player of his caliber that that's a little uh, disappointing. Uh, I brought it up, and they said, "Well, that's just the way it's it's going to change over the next seven games. We'll see." Uh, their tight ends are nothing special, uh, so I, I think they're going to take some deep shots with Evans. Now, to me, Evans is a guy. Even if you think he's covered. You give him a chance on a 50-50 ball. Um, you, you know, you'll, you'll miss a bunch. You'll hit a couple, and, and you'll get some flags. You'll get some flags. So I, I think that's that would be my strategy. Uh, more importantly, I think they got to force some uh, – they got to get some takeaways from the 49er offense. A uh, couple of picks off Purdy, maybe a strip fumble. Uh, that's their only way of staying in, that, in this game because uh, – I think the uh, these two rosters are not comparable. So, okay, let me put you in Kyle Shanahan's shoes now. If I said you have to design the game plan to attack this Bucks defense, where are you going? Well, considering uh, I saw what C.J. Stroud did a couple of weeks ago, um, their secondary is mediocre. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. is the stud back there. He's a safety. Uh his father played, was a really good player for the I Vikings. I remember. This kid's good. This kid's good. He's got a nose for the ball. He had a pick last week. Uh, he's pretty good on the blitz. Um, I think Shanahan is thinking about how to handle Todd Bowles' blitzing schemes. Now, here's the difference. Two weeks ago against Houston, they played soft coverage. Soft. And they didn't blitz a lot. And they got burned. Terribly, Um, you know, and let's be honest, you give any quarterback four or five seconds, you're you're asking for trouble. I I don't care how talented your corners are. Uh, This last week against another rookie, Will Levis, who's not in Stroud's class, in my opinion, um, they were far more aggressive. And I think they're going to be that way against Purdy. Uh, Devin White, inside linebacker next to Levante David. He had nine sacks about three years ago. He showed what he can do on the blitz. He had another one last week. He's very fast. 
Uh, I think he's coming all day long because he's, he's, you know, average in coverage, but he's effective as a blitzer. Winfield's going to come down a corner, the safety. Uh, I think that's the strategy, uh, getting Purdy's face, getting his head, and make him uncomfortable. Of course, it all starts with stopping McCaffrey uh, carrying the ball. Have you had the chance to watch Brock Purdy at all? Do you have an opinion on him? Well, I, I was kind of high on him uh, until about a month ago, and then he had his struggles. Uh, the one thing I don't think he's really done uh, at all uh, or very much of is come from behind mm-hmm. uh, in the last six minutes of a game. He's still got to prove that to me. Uh, to me, the 49ers usually uh, jump out, out quick. Uh, he's playing with a lead. Uh, there's not a lot of pressure on Purdy. Um, I, I think that's the one unanswered question uh, uh, about him. But, you know, the 49ers are getting healthy. That's a little bit scary for Todd Bowles, you know, looking at Kittle and Ayuk and and Samuel and then McCaffrey and now Trent Williams is back. I mean, they're a load. They're a load. It would surprise nobody. <laughs> I think everybody wants to see it. The 49ers and the Eagles in the NFC title game. Everybody wants to see that. Uh, except for Todd Bowles, who's fighting for his job. Okay, so Todd Bowles, what what do you think is his future? There? Does he have to make the playoffs to keep his job? Yeah, I've been thinking about it. You know, given his history with the Jets, he had a good first year and then three bad years. Eight and nine last year with Tom Brady taking every snap. So that doesn't put a feather in your cap, even though you won a terrible division. You weren't competitive in the playoff game against Dallas. That game was over quickly. If I'm the Glazers, the owners, I think he's got to have a winning season. To me, nine and eight would be good enough with a quarterback like Mayfield. Um, And then maybe they think they don't have to draft a quarterback in a quarterback-rich draft. Um, But if they go seven and ten, I think it would be very difficult to bring them back. And I think at that point, they might draft a quarterback could be a Bo Nix or something like that. And then I think they would uh, hire an offensive-minded coach that can bring a young quarterback along. If they draft a quarterback, I, I don't see Bowles staying. I just don't see it. Interesting. All right. Uh, all right. Before I let you go, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, you are the Tampa Bay voter for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. A lot of yes. 49er fans have their uh, sights set on the Hall of Fame voting. Two names always come up with the 49ers in the Hall of Fame. One is Roger Craig, and the other is Patrick Willis. Do either of those guys have a chance to make the Hall in 2024? Well, let's talk about it. Roger Craig is a senior candidate, not a modern-day candidate. I'm on the senior committee. I'm one of 12. We meet every year, and um, we cut it down to the finalists, just like we did, and Roger Craig was a finalist. When we cut from 12 to 6, that was the first cut, he survived. He made the first cut. That's encouraging for Roger Craig fans. Then the final cut to 3, he was eliminated. I was pushing a guy named Eddie Metter, who was a safety for the Rams in the 60s. He also made the final 6. He got eliminated in the final 3. So Roger Craig will not be uh, going through the doors of Canton this year. But he's a very strong candidate. The problem... There's a long list of seniors that are trying to get in. I mean, a long list. Some guys never even get come up for discussion. At least Roger Craig is being discussed. Uh, they talk about him as the first 
you know, revolutionary uh, running back in terms of catching the ball and running the ball. And I understand he's the first one that uh, topped the thousand yard mark. Uh, but there were guys before him like Chuck Foreman. There, there were some guys that you could say, hey, this guy was Roger Craig before Roger Craig. But, you know, I looked at him very closely when he was a finalist this year. And I noticed that in um, the 88 49ers, the, the, they won the Super Bowl. That was the year they beat the Bengals uh, in that great game. Roger Craig, I think, was the best player on that team. Um, he had a fantastic regular season. He had a good postseason. So the guy's the best player on a Super Bowl team. Uh, did some other things. I, I think I think he's going to get in. Uh, I can't swear that it's going to be uh, class of 2025, but at least uh, he's in the battle. Now, Patrick Willis is a modern-day guy. I look at Patrick Willis and I say, you know what? Relatively short career. He didn't play 14 seasons, but his impact was enormous. We look at all pros. All pros count big time. Mm-hmm. And they count more than Pro Bowls, and they should count more than Pro Bowls. You never know about popularity, you know, with fan voting. All pros, I vote for the AP All-Pro team every year. There's 50 voters. That's a prestigious award, uh, especially if you're a first-team All-Pro. And Willis was repeatedly, repeatedly. Five times in eight years. That That's almost unprecedented. Uh, you know, you're talking about a guy like Joe Thomas. I mean, he sailed in. Uh, and, and, you know, he, he was a first-team All-Pro eight or nine times on a bad team, <laughs> on a bad team. So I think Patrick Willis is, is a very strong candidate. I think he's come close uh, in years before. Um, this year, I can tell you right now, the first thing we always look at for modern-day guys, who are the first-time eligibles? Who are the first? Some years, it's very strong. Some years, there's like three guys that you say, oh, I think all three are getting in their first year of eligibility. You get in your first year of eligibility, you're you like the group within the group. Yes. It's not easy. You know, you're talking about Lawrence Taylor, you know, uh, Jerry Rice, uh, guys like that, Montana, Peyton Manning. Uh, Patrick Willis, uh, I don't. I think he's a little short of that group, you know, but having mm-hmm. said that, this year Julius Peppers is the big first-year eligible guy. Now he's yeah. got 150 sacks. I mean, wow. he's very strong. But he's probably the only one. Antonio Gates is like the number two guy. I don't know if Gates is going to get in his first year of eligibility. So what does that do? It leaves four spots, you know, because uh, there's a maximum of five. And here comes Patrick Willis, you know, with his credentials. And they're very, very strong. I I think for a five-year period, you probably could say he was the best inside linebacker in football. Luke Keekley's out there. You know, Bobby Wagner, when mm-hmm. he gets his day. But I don't think any of them were better than uh, Willis uh, for the 49ers. Uh, and by the way, the 49ers, uh, the, the the next uh, generation of uh, linebackers, they're pretty damn strong with uh, Greenlaw and Warner. They are. Um, we will see about Willis. He's got to make – I think he'll certainly make the semifinalists, which are going to be announced next week. And then he's got to make the final 15. If he doesn't make the final 15 – he doesn't get discussed. He doesn't get talked about. So let's get him in the room. Let's get his credentials out there. Willis's day is coming. It might be a year or two away, but it, it's coming. He, he's going to wear a gold jacket. Is Mayoko the guy in the room that's arguing for the 49ers? He is. Mayoko does a good job. 
Uh, nobody thought uh, Bryant Young w- was going to get in the, the year that he did. Uh, but Mayoko pulled uh, a very shrewd, clever move that really paid off for Bryant Young. He, uh, he got about five guys together uh, that were already in the hall that used to try to block Bryant Young. Joe DeLamalore, guys like that. He got them all on a Zoom call. He invited the writers on the Zoom call. Not everybody went on, but a bunch did and got to ask questions of these guys. Bryant Young was not on the call. These are people that are, you know, speaking up for Bryant Young. And you know what? A couple of weeks later, Bryant Young had a bust in Canton uh, and a deserved one. Um, What a player. Now, some guys said he was better than Warren Sapp. Buck fans don't like that. They don't like that. Uh, I don't know if I'm going there. They were kind of different kind of players. Maybe Bryant Young was a more all-around, well-rounded player in terms of stopping the run and the pass. But, um, you know, Sapp was a two-time All-Decade player, so I don't want to hear any uh, slings and arrows at Warren Sapp. (laughs) But I'm I'm happy Bryant Young's in. The more I I heard about Bryant Young and his career, the more impressed I was. Well, that is good news for 49er fans and Patrick Willis. Hopefully he does get in. And you're right. The Niners have, like, sort of this rich history of linebackers now with Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman. And now yes. you talk about Warner and Greenlaw. You're right. They've they've had quite a, a run here, which is pretty fantastic. Ira, I can't thank you enough for so much of your time and, and educating us about the Buccaneers. If you want to follow Ira's work, go read JoeBucksFan.com. He's on Twitter at iKaufman76. You are the absolute best. Thank you, sir. My pleasure and uh, enjoyed it. Thanks, buddy.